0: God is always good, right? Um, man, I forgot about that basketball game. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I think Fabian was upset because he was a good basketball player, but I had to show him up and blocked him about four or five times and <clears throat> stole the ball from him a couple of times. And he was probably upset. No, I, it, it really wasn't that way. But he came down on my thumb, <clears throat> and my thumb... Scratched my arm. It was broken. There was a guy there that knew, wasn't a doctor, but was, you know, worked with that kind of stuff, and he said, uh, Your thumb is broken. It scratched my arm. My nail cut my arm right there. That's how far back that the thumb was. I mean, you can just, you, you can't get there unless it's broken. We prayed for it, and the next day, I did nothing else to it. We laid hands on it, we spoke over it, and the next day, the thumb was in place. And I, <clears throat> it, so, you know, <clears throat> you hear a lot of stories about this, that, and the other, and healings and those kind of things. And and um, it, you know, the proof of the pudding's in the eating, right? So when you know... And you saw something happen like that, then it's real, right? And what God wants, and it kind of, his example kind of goes into my message today. We we uh, had the series last month of july the series you asked for it how many like those messages that, that month? i, I love preaching them i really enjoyed preaching all those messages and we didn't get to every single one of them didn't have enough time but possibly get back to some of those later on and we'll see how that goes but um in in before that in june we had our faith our summer faith series and so i'm going to finish those messages up this month on faith and uh, and Today, my message to go in line with even with what he's talking about, um, title of my message today is Faith Equals Trust. Faith equals trust. And when you trust in something, that's where you go. But you have to develop trust. I don't I don't care whether it's it's a positive thing or a negative thing. I don't care if it's a spiritual thing or a natural thing. When you have faith in something, it's because you trust it, but you'll never trust. And think about this today as we get into this message. You'll never trust without developed faith. If your faith isn't developed, then you'll never trust. But faith, you, you can't separate faith and trust. We, if you have faith in something, it's because you trust it. If, you have, if you've got $100 million and you're looking, you know, most people wouldn't put it in a bank anyway, but if you're, let's just say for the sake of the way things kind of used to be. <clears throat> um, if you had $100 million and you were looking for a bank to put it in, what would be some of the words you would use in conversation, say if you were a one person and you're, you're a man and you're talking to your wife and you're, you're talking to business people or whatever, you know, I, I've got to know that I can trust this bank. I've got to know I can trust these people with my money. Well, the only... The first time you connected with a bank, even if you, were, if, if you had recommendations to go to that bank, say, from people that you knew, you're still not going to trust them until you develop faith and confidence that they're really a bank that they said they, they would be, right? And that they'll really do that. And in the natural, no bank is 100%. No lending institution, no, no investment is 100%. So you're, by faith, trusting that they're going to follow through with what they said they would follow through in, right? When you trust somebody like that, it's easy to release what you have. I have $100 million in that bank. Are you sure? Yep, I know. I've been with them for 15 years. They've never let me down. It's always been this way. I trust them. Okay, I'll put my money there. If you're talking to someone and you're learning to develop, you're going to check every angle to make sure that releasing your finances into something are really going to work. Well, I'm telling you today, it's the same way with God. If your faith in God is not developed from situation to situation, from circumstance to circumstance, in the thing with my thumb, For years, I had been taught about healing and health in the Word of God. I had been taught about health and healing. The day that that happened, Fabian probably remembers this, the day that that happened, when he was saying, I walked aside, I mean, I knew I heard something snap. And I walked under the basket, and I sat there, and I began to speak over my hand, and I had people come around, and and I said, just agree with me that my hand is healed. Now, I had been taught for years that you could do that. Um, I had a previous instance before that where, <laughs> me in sports, uh, where I was playing volleyball uh, down by at the house right here. We, we have had big gatherings around there. We had volleyball nets set up, and we were playing volleyball, and <clears throat> Someone was hollered about me coming in, and so, you know, I mean, I'm an ex-volleyball player, and I like to play the net. I'm a little taller than most people, and especially when there's shorter people on the other side, I like to really spike it, and, you know, you walk away, and your chest moves out, and you feel like a man. You spiked it right into that little short woman. Yeah! <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know where you get all that, but anyway... So we're, we're there, and, and, and you know, I, I, I did one of my spikes. I think I fell into the net, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and I came down on my ankle, and I rolled it. And long story short, over about a three- or four-hour period, my ankle had swollen up. And I'd had situations like that happen before. This happened before the thumb. And uh, and I'd had situations like that happen, you know, for days. You know, you're you putting ice and heat and doing whatever they tell you to do, and you walk around on it. But the moment that it happened, I said no. In the name of Jesus, and it continued to swell. I continued to speak over it, but I started giving in to it a little bit. And then, as I was in my office—that's where my office used to be—I was in my office, and I had my leg up on the table. And I heard this, I just kind of heard this, not an audible voice, but just I like had this impression. What, what would a person that is healed do? Well, what's the answer to that? He'd walk on it, right? And so I took my leg off the table and I stuck it on the floor and, oh, the pain just shot from the, my toes to my knee and all the way up my side, the pain. And, and I said, you know what? I'm doing this. What would a healed man do? Now you know you don't need to go tell everybody you're doing something like this. This is just the impression that I had. I've never done it before. I mean, since then I've never done anything that way since. But that's just the impression that I had. Do it. I began to speak over it. I walked on it. I mean, I I I walked like this, declaring that I'm the healed. You know, and this was on a Saturday, and Sunday morning I preached and I walked normally, like this, but I could not my all the rest of that day, I was in dire pain, but what I was declaring is what I had heard. What I was declaring things that I had practiced on smaller t- you know smaller situations or circumstances or symptoms in my body, like with a headache or something, you know I began to practice what the Word of God says. The word says that by his stripes, what he accomplished at Calvary not only saved me but it healed me and delivered me. see and so I just through the years, I just began to practice that. And so when the situation with my ankle happened, I practiced it, it worked. It didn't happen instantaneous, but I had been taught, you're not moved by what things look like, you're moved by what the Word says. Stay with it, you'll see the results. The situation with my thumb. Now, he brought it up, I didn't. It's his fault. <clears throat> so, my thumb was broken. It was a, a, a like I said, he wasn't the person that was there was not a doctor, but a person that works with bones and structure and all these kind of things was there and <clears throat> he said, your, your thumb is broken. He, he said that to me and I said, okay, that's the symptom. I'm not denying the, the fact that you're, that's your diagnosis but I choose to believe what the words is. And I declared that and by the next day my thumb was in place. I mean, those are two instances of, of situations that happened that my faith was in God, and my trust was that what He promised would come to pass. See, and, and, and it doesn't just happen. You're not going to confess enough Scripture or, you know, deny circumstances. The worst thing a person can do is if you feel bad and someone asks you, you know, uh, you, know you, you might be, you might, your head may be blown up, and you may be blowing your nose, and someone asks you, boy, you got to, head cold or stuff, your nose is running. No, 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 none of that. Uh, I'm healed. Uh, I'm not not sick, I'm not this, I'm not... And you don't have to declare that you're sick, okay? But you can't deny the symptoms in your body. That's lying. What I'm doing is I'm denying the right for that to remain in my body. That's faith in what God says versus what my symptoms look like. And your symptoms will attempt... Over time, to talk you out of what the Word of God says. Right? So, all I'm, all I'm going to do today is I'm, I'm going to read you four passages of Scripture real quickly, and I'm going to show you what the Word says about what faith that is trust looks like. I'm going to start with Proverbs 3. If you were ever <clears throat> in church here in the past, like say 10, 15 years ago, this, you, you know this used to be one of my favorite scriptures. Proverbs 3, and we'll just start with verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth the truth of his word, forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your what? Heart, not, not, not your head. You can't trust God with your head because your head will, over time, talk you out of something based on what things look like or seem or feel like. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Now I want you to notice I'm just going to read these next few verses because I want to make a point about what I believe He's talking about here. He says in verse 7 Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening or the discipline of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects just as a father in the son in whom he delights. I want you to notice, and that's all I'm going to read right there, but I want you to notice in that passage right there, what what is expected there is trust. Uh, What Fabian shared with in having faith in tithes and offerings, you have to trust God to be a tither. Never one time in all the years that we've pastored in this church has tithing and sowing seed been something that was a demand or some type of a pressure put on people. See, tithing and offerings isn't trying to get something from you, it's trying to get something to you if you believe the Word of God and trust it. See, see, so that's why we, we don't receive tithes and offerings unless there's Scripture to back it up. See, because you've got to trust in God and His Word, and you've got to believe in His Word so that, and, so that you will trust Him and do what you do in faith and confidence in God. There's not a promise in the Word of God, there, there's not a truth in the Word of God that doesn't have a promise that backs it up. So in other words, anything that God is asking from us, there is fruit that will abound to your account in every situation. Now, there's not one that God, you know, God needs something from you, but you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you everything and there'll be no payback. Absolutely not. Absolutely never, ever, ever. It always produces. I'm just talking about what the Word says. That's not just my opinion. That's what the Word says. Can you say amen? Um, to receive correction and discipline from the lord for you to receive correction you have to have faith and trust and confidence in god to be able to be corrected by the word if the word is showing you something in your life and it's revealing to you th- a change that needs to be made you got to be able to you, you you have to come to a place where you believe god has your best interest he's not trying to take some fun thing in your life away from you he's trying to get something to you So all of these things right here are talking about the importance of trusting God with all your heart, not your head. See, but the idea of trust comes through your head and through the knowledge that that we gain in in our mind. That's where it starts, but then it has to be developed. And when it's developed in your life, then amazing things can happen. God wants to see you Trust Him and have faith in His Word, no matter what anything else looks like. Now, <clears throat> remember this, and, and I said this to you just a minute ago, but, but, but if you're taking notes or, or you're, you, know, you can go back and listen to this later, re- remember this. I want to say it just exactly like this. Trust is the product of developed faith. Remember I gave you the example about you having money that you put into a bank and being able to trust the bank. You've got to know it. You've got to know the people. You've got to know the history of it, all those kind of things. So so as you're developing, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. So faith in God comes from, by hearing the Word. As you're hearing the Word, and you're allowing the Word to go from your head to your heart, it's developing this trust in your heart that no matter how something looks like, if God says it in His Word, I'm going to do it, I'm going to overcome, I'm going to get past it, and I'm going to be on the receiving end of all that God has for me. Can you say amen? Um, so a couple things that happens... That's difficult a lot of times for people. You know, some of you sitting in here today, you, maybe you've been hearing the word for a very short period of time. Others of you for a long, long period of time. But one thing that you can know, if you live a life of developed faith, if you are actively all the time developing your faith, what it what it will what it will awaken in your life is opposition. And a lot of people in life look to avoid opposition because opposition is difficult. Um, If you're you're developing faith and you're learning to trust in the things of God in, in a certain area of your life, the enemy is going to do everything. He's going to pull out every stop everything to keep you from continuing in the faith to develop a trust that produces results. The Bible says in in Hebrews 6 and I think it's 12, it says through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. It takes time and patience. I, I can testify to you that in the walk of faith, the longer I've walked by faith, now get this, The longer that I've walked by faith in God, okay, the harder I've had to work at making sure that I continue to develop faith. There's two things that will hinder that. There's two things that will hinder you continuing to develop faith in your life. Two things. One are bad past experiences. Things that didn't work in your life. Things that, well, you know, I tried to trust God and this didn't work or that didn't work or whatever. Uh, You know, I, I, I put out some effort here but it didn't work. The enemy wants you discouraged so that you don't continue to develop your faith in God. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. The second thing is, the second thing is this. The Word can work for you for a season. And some good things happen in your life as a result of that, and I mean, be really good, and you can see great things happening. And and what can happen is you can get your you can get distracted and get your focus off of living a life of faith and developing faith, thinking that you've got it all together. You, I, I can handle this now. I got the faith thing. I heard it for a while, and now I've got it, and I I can handle this, and I don't need this in, in, anymore. See, what it's doing is it's getting you confident in yourself, and in what you think you can accomplish, and it's hindering you from trusting God. I'm going I'm to tell you again, you have to trust God in your heart. Now, let me just use this as an example. Um, you, you may be somebody that had nothing you came into the kingdom of God and, and you, begin to, you begin to be a, like Fabian was talking about, you begin to be a tither and a seed sower. Things begin to change financially in your life. You had nothing and all of a sudden blessing began to happen. And as you go, as you went, man, real great things. You, you, you started new businesses. You started prospering and all those kind of things. And as you went, you got so busy that you didn't have time to develop faith. Then when it came time to do something on a bigger level, you begin to only do what you could afford. Listen, anytime God is requiring things out of you, He's going to expect things that you can't necessarily afford or that you can necessarily wrap your brain in your hands and get a, get a grip of because He wants you to trust Him along the way and develop that faith. How many know that in the developing of faith, in God, you can make some horrible mistakes. Or am I the only one that's ever made one? You can make some horrible mistakes along the way when you're developing faith in God. But he wants that development so that your your heart and your focus is always looking at him and not at what you can accomplish. Now, it's what I can accomplish in Christ. Notice the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. He wants you to keep that to the end. And I promise you, the longer you walk, it awakens opposition. And listen, there's another word that I, that I, I feel like happens. is not only it, does it awaken opposition, but it awakens ridicule. Because the enemy, if, 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 you'll, if you won't bow just because you're opposed, man, then he'll bring stuff from the left, the right, from every direction to ridicule you and make you feel like you're worthless and you're no good and you can't accomplish anything so that you'll back off and not continue to develop the faith. Listen, every, every part of your life is covered with the Word of God. No weapon formed against you will prosper. He's got your backside. He's got your left and your right. The angels go before you to prepare your way. Every area of your life is covered in God. What you have to do is trust that and not let the circumstances or the opposition or the ridicule or the things that come at you or against you affect you and get your focus and your eyes off of what God is saying today. Because what God's telling you today, there's greatness in your future if you will obey that and walk by faith and see that accomplished. Man, we serve a great God where that's concerned. Here's another great verse Hebrew, uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse, well, we'll, we'll just start with verse 35. If we ever get there. He said, therefore, and, and, and the, ther- the therefore is therefore because of what was just said. And what was just said was talking about natural things trying to distract you. You can go back and read that. He said, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. When you look at the word confidence in the Greek... The first word that defines confidence is faith. So therefore do not cast away your faith or the developing of your faith. The development of your faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word. As you Fabian was talking about being at the Believers' Convention this week and hearing the Word and being in a position to saturate yourself with the Word of God. There's nothing like it. But week to week, as you have opportunity to be here and hear the Word preached on Sundays and Wednesdays, do not cast away your confidence or your faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word. Do not cast that away. Do not cast away the opportunities that you have to develop a faith that creates a trust that creates the manifestation of promises. See, we want the manifestation of promises. We want to say we trust God, but you can't trust God with your head. There's no way it's impossible to trust God with your head because your understanding will talk you out of it. Yeah, I trust God, but look at this. Like that's not something that God can't cover. See, if you believe the word, you'd know that Jesus went to the cross and he said there was nothing he didn't take care of. He already took care of everything. So when we face something, doesn't mean we don't face things because he took care of it. When we face it, we can overcome if we trust him. You can only trust him if you have developed faith. And he said, don't cast that away. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't cast that away. Whatever else you do in life, do not cast that away because that's your lifeline to the things of God and the promises being manifested. Can you say amen? Amen. Cast not away your confidence because it has not just a reward, but it has a great reward. Say that, great. Great. Say it again. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, after you have developed faith, after you've, be, you, you, you've begun to be convinced of how to develop faith. After you've done the will of God, then you receive the promise. But see, it's not enough that it's not enough that I was healed from that rolled ankle and the thumb went back into place and it was healed. I, I don't know how, I, I mean, to this day. I've never had any pain in that thumb, nothing. There's never been anything in, 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 with my thumb. Never. Not, ne- never had to go to the doctor about it, not anything. I didn't say you couldn't go to the doctor if you had something like that happen. I just said, in that situation, that's the way it worked for me. Right? And, and I- I've never had that. And that's great, but that was a long time ago. The promise worked then, but it's got to work today right? I I need, uh, if an ankle rolls again or, or some diagnosis comes against my body, I've got to have trust in God that what he said he would do and he did for my ankle and for my thumb and a number of other things that were my physical body, I've got to know it's going to work today, see? But if I've allowed opposition to awaken and to distract me, and, and ridicule to pull me away it's going to get me away from the word and I may begin to meditate on what someone else thinks or what people say or any of those kind of things and get me away from trusting God because when I trust God trust in the Lord with all your heart don't lean to your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path he will show up and prove how great that he is you know why I used to say what I'm going to say right now one way, but I don't say it that way anymore. This is what I used to say. Because if that's true, then God's a liar. Well, I don't say that anymore. Because God, the Bible says God can't lie. And that doesn't mean he could and he chooses not to. He can't. So if his word says, I'm healed, I'm healed. Now I have to work that out, I've got to get that from my head to my heart, so that I trust God in my heart and not just acknowledge that that's probably true because of Pastor Burt's example, okay, and I hope that's, going to work. that's not enough, so you have to work that out. So as I'm preaching what I'm preaching to you today, you've got to work that out in you and in your spirit to get the understanding of what I told you from your head to your heart. So you got to go to the word yourself, and you got to study it out, and you got to make sure that what I just said is really true. Because when you do, and it becomes a part of you, God's no respecter of person. Well, you know, you're, you're a pastor, so the, you know, those kind of things. No, 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 that has absolutely nothing to do with it. My role as a pastor is to bring and to preach the word under the anointing of the fivefold ministry gift of a pastor that 's my responsibility i wouldn't be doing anything if it wasn't for that responsibility right now and i 'm no different as a Christian than anybody else. see no different there's neither male nor female there's, there's, there's no uh, you know color of skin i don't care what it is' there's, there's nothing that separates us in the individuality of who we are from God, except faith, develop faith. Everybody's been given the same tools and the same opportunity, but it's who develops it that produces the trust, that produces the results. Can you say amen? amen? For yet a little while, verse 37, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anybody draws back, My soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul or to the renewing of the mind. We're not those who are drawing back. We're developing faith, we're trusting God, and we're receiving the promises of God. We are not going to draw back. We're not going to let opposition, we're not going to allow opposition or ridicule Cause an awakening in our soul to get us out of trusting and having faith in God. Can you say Amen to that? <clears throat> um, one of the things that I, that I that I know is true, and you you need to remember this for yourself, and and so, sometimes. It's, in, in life, it's easy to get distracted from this point. Um, and, and the reason is is because a lot of times, people don't know what they're supposed to do. Lots of people in life don't know what they're really called to do. What am, what am I really on planet Earth to accomplish? God wants you to know, because he had a plan for you to accomplish great things before you were even created. He had a plan for you, actually, before the foundation of the world. Before Adam and Eve, he had a plan for your life. I don't know why, how, but remember, God can't lie. The Bible says it. We've taught it here many, many times. And he can't lie, so he had a plan for your life, and he really wants you to fulfill that. And, but, but the enemy, the defeated devil himself, Satan, works overtime with absolutely no power The only ability that he has is to deceive people into believing what they see is more real than what they know in the Word of God. That's all he has. Did you hear what I said? The devil has nothing else. Anybody that tells you that the devil can do anything else in life, he can do absolutely nothing because the Bible says Jesus defeated him at Calvary. Only thing that he has is what he can do in your mind, your will, and emotions to convince you that what you see and what you experience and what you feel is more real than what God says. That's why you have to develop faith in the Word of God. That's why you have to hear the Word of God and develop faith so that you trust that what God has promised, he is able to perform. And actually, uh, that's the next verse I'm going to read. Romans chapter 4. Look at it. Romans 4. And this is this is the patriarch Abraham. and uh, <laughs> I, I, Every time I read this, th- uh, th- this goes through my mind, and I'll, I'll mention it after I read these verses of scripture. He says in verse 17, "As it is written." I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And and I'm just telling you if you don't understand that and know that you can go look it up for yourself but you're the descendant of Abraham. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. And not being weak in faith. What kind of faith? Develop faith. Why? Because from the age of 75 to the age of 99 is the distance and the time that it took for the promise to be manifested. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise. God at 75 told Abram that he's the father of nations. His wife was barren, they had no children. And in that 25-year period of time, especially in about the first six or seven years, he really went on a mission to help God out. I have no children. I'm barren. I can't accomplish this. I can't do these things. So we're going to help God out. So his wife comes up with the idea for him to go and sleep with their handmaiden, and so he, they produced a child, and we've had trouble ever since. Amen? All, all over the world we've had trouble because of that connection right there. He tried to help God out. He tried to help God out by lying, and he tried to help God out by a number of different ways that did not help. And somewhere along the way, Abraham came to his senses and realized his understanding was not going to help and, and, and advance the promise of God. And right here in the Old Testament, we've got record of all of his dirty laundry, right? We, we read about all his dirty laundry and all the mistakes that he made in, in, his, in, in that period of time. But in the New Testament, all it talks about is from the moment he truly believed. And in verse 18, it says, or in verse uh, 19, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his body, he was not moved by his understanding, in other words. Already dead, he he did not consider his own body already dead. In other words, you know, since he was about 100 years old, he was 99 at the time, probably not going to produce a child, right? And the deadness of Sarah's womb, who she was somewhere around 90 years old, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. You see the impossibility of a 99-year-old and a 90-year-old conceiving. Right? And, and when Fabian told the story of my thumb breaking, and then I told you my thumbnail scratched my wrist, many of you up here, your head said, oh, come on. You, you may not have let that come out of your mouth, but you thought it. Should, should I get a show of hands to see how many people thought that? <laughs> no, I <will. laughs> Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard of, I mean, extraordinary miracles in my head. The first thought in my head was, oh, come on. There had to be something else. There had to be something behind that. There had to be, like, maybe a doctor did something. You know, I'm talking about the first thought. Now, now, I'm not necessarily saying I have those first thoughts today, but for many years I had those thoughts until I saw the proof in what I believe God for. See, it won't be the same until you through developed faith and trust in God's word above what you see until you put that to work it, 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 it won't convince you see but here's a guy notice this is. listen to the wording here so these two old people says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but he was strengthened in faith giving glory to God watch this And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. So, what had to be performed? Okay? We're all adults here today. Some live sperm and an awakened womb. Right? See, because this wasn't a Holy Spirit and Mother Mary type thing. This was... A 99-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman having, making love together, having physical intercourse. A womb that had been dead for 90 years producing a child. How impossible is that? (laughs) In the natural? And notice... Why does it take so many years for the promises to be revealed a lot of times because of the unbelief? Can you say amen? Because of the unbelief. And when the unbelief is running rampant inside of a person's life and in their soul and running through their soul that way, when when that's going on and that's happening, the promise cannot be revealed. Can you say amen? And and if the promise is not revealed, then you don't become convinced that God can do what he said he could do. But here's Father Abraham saying, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Look at verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. And what was imputed to him? That righteousness is established when a person gets born again, when they get in a position where they realize that through the hearing of the word of God, it develops faith that creates a trust that creates the promise. And I promise you, I can promise you, God wants you receiving the promises more than you do. Well, God's just holding back. God's not holding a thing back. Well, if God would just come, God's already come through. Yeah, but but if God, no, there's no if God. Now it's up to us to develop our faith. I didn't say it's up to us to bring something to pass. It's up to us to develop our faith that produces the manifestation. Can you say amen? Look at James, and we're almost there. Look at James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you encounter or you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith... The testing, the challenges that your faith will have along the way, when it, when it causes opposition to arise, when it causes ridicule to arise, when it causes other things to arise, there's the testing of your faith. Now notice, it's not God, because if you read down farther, we won't get to there, God doesn't test you with circumstances. God's not the tester. Life is the tester. He doesn't bring evil against you to teach you something. He doesn't need to. There's a devil out there that's working overtime to try to convince you. Can I say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> but he said, but let patience <clears throat> have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That word perfect there means mature or developed. So let patience have its developed work that you may be developed and complete, lacking in In absolutely nothing. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he's double-minded. He's unstable in all of his ways. See, a thought comes and he lets the thought dictate what the future is going to be. A person that's developing faith gets the same thought and what you have to do to develop your faith is say, you know what, I'm not moved by that. I don't care that my thumb is back here and it, and it cut my wrist. What I declared, I don't remember the exact words, but what something along that line, what I declared was that by the stripes of Jesus, what Jesus went through from the scripture that I read, what he went through was more than enough for healing in my thumb. That's what I declared over that. You say, well, but, but what if I said something like that and it didn't happen? You're developing. You're developing. Just because you may not see something happen today, tomorrow, the next day, or from one situation to the next, are we going to stop? Stop. Because what it's developing in you is getting unbelief out because in this passage it says where there's doubt and unbelief you're double-minded so you're going to say one thing and do something else or think one thing and not deal with the thought so then what the thought says becomes the dictator of your future instead of what the Word says being, becoming that. But if I renew my mind then I come to a place that no, the Word said that and I don't care if it takes the next 24 and a half years like with Abraham it's coming to pass because God said. Wow, oh, Pastor, we'd have to wait 24 and a half years for what I'm believing God for today. I may not even be alive then. No, there's no time period to believing. Abraham's was 24 and a half years, Joseph's was 14 and a half years. The Apostle Paul, for the release of his public ministry, was about 17 and a half years or somewhere along that line. I mean, everybody for things that, that, that really mattered in life, it took a long time. But other things along the way, when you're developing faith and confidence that God will do what he said, the more you practice it and develop it, the more you'll see things happen. That's what God wants. He wants things to happen for you. He wants you to continually be in a place of asking him and going to him in faith, believing that his word is true when your head is screaming doubt and unbelief. Listen to me. You can have doubt in your head and still believe in your heart. I'm going to say it again. You can have doubt in your head. No, I'm going to say it like this. You will have doubt in your head. But that doesn't mean the doubt in your head has to dictate your future. I'm choosing today to believe that the Word of God is going from my head to my heart, and what I believe in my heart is producing the future that God has promised. Can you say amen? Last verse, Psalm 30-something. Psalm 31. What a great verse of scripture! Go ahead and give it to me. But as for me, I trust you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Now, the reason I gave you this verse of Scripture to end with today is because you need to take, and you know, I don't don't know, maybe other people are more... Educated and developed that I am, but I need simple things and around gates of the city from today on this year on we 're keeping everything simple, breaking it all down it 's not simple we 're not doing it simple 's not easy, but simple you can wrap your head around and grab a hold of, and you can sink your teeth into and and, and, and really get a hold of the vision and the things that God wants so everything 's simple I need things simple, and what you what, what I encourage you to do, what would be beneficial is That when you're developing faith and confidence in God, it takes certain things for you to say every day. See, a lot of people, because they don't realize the power that are in their words, they get out of bed and it's, oh me, oh my gosh, another day. See, well, that starts your day. Instead of starting your day when your eyes open up, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it and whatever else that you can that, that you apply to that. I've got, a, I've got about 15 things that I say in the first about a minute and a half. I mean, that, that's not a long period of time. You, anybody can do that. But, I, but I, I've taken verses like this and made up a part of what I'm building on. So if I'm developing trust in God, in a certain area of my life, not being moved by the natural things and developing trust, I'll take a verse like this and I'll let this come out of my mouth maybe 15, 20, 30, 40 times a day. But as for me, and then I make it personal, you know, you, you, don't, you don't want it in the, the the King James Elizabethan type thing, you know, because that's not you. you. You want it the way you say it. So as for Burt Wimberley, I trust in you, God. Lord, I trust in you today, and I declare today that you're my God and not the things that I see. Now listen to me. What becomes a God in your life is the fear of what the natural circumstances appear to be real, and that they're, those natural circumstances are going to win out in your life. That becomes a God you, because you put your trust in that. No, no, no. As, as for me, let's just say that I'm believing God for... Um, uh, I'm believing God for something. I, I, my mind's blank now. But let, let's say I'm, I mean, just for a natural circumstance, now you take this and you apply it to something else. Let's say I'm believing God for a boat. Okay? And I need the boat for some kind of ministry thing or whatever, or whatever, you know? And so I'm believing God for a boat. But the boat that I'm believing God for that they need in, uh, you know, in Tasmania, uh, it costs a lot of money And it looks like it's impossible, so I keep my head's trying to say, you know what? Let someone else do that, or or, or go beg people for money, or or or, you know, put something, some sad song and dance story out there so people feel bad for you and do something for you, you know that some kind of thing like that. But my head's saying no. Trust God. So so in believing for that thing that I let's say I want to sow that into a ministry that's doing something and they need this big boat. So. I've gone through all of what I need to in believing God because God spoke to me to do this. So I would start with something like this. Lord, I just want you to know today that this thing you put on my heart, I I don't have money in hand to accomplish this, but you're teaching me how to do this. And, And I say today, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you today and I say that you're my God. I trust in what you promised me in the word. And so I get a number of different scriptures to back up that God is going to meet that need and take care of that situation. So Lord, today I focus on that and I say that you're my God and not what I see. Something along that line. You see what I'm saying? So, in trusting God for certain things, it may be something in your physical body, maybe something that you're going through in relationship form, maybe something you're going and believing God for business or doing something in, in your life. Lord, Lord, I put that back up for me so I get the words right. Lord, I trust in you. I trust you and I declare today that you're my God. I'm trusting in you, not the situation. I'm not moved by what I see, but I'm moved by what I know in the Word of God, and I believe that you're able to cause this situation to manifest because you put in my heart to do this, and I believe it's coming to pass. That's where you develop your faith when your head's screaming out, telling you there's no way. When your head's telling you it's an impossible situation, you're saying in the name of Jesus... I'm going to do what the Word says. I'm going to obey it. And what happens over time is when you see the, the situation change and turn, then your trust is in the things of God. Amen? And then the promise manifests. Cast not away your confidence, for it has great recompense of reward. For when you've done the will of God, when you've been patient, when you've developed your faith and confidence and, and, and allowing courage to be remain strong on the inside of you, then you'll receive the promises of God. How many say amen to that today? Amen.